I'm a true champion. I'm Aaron Nix. I'm the most unprofessional wrestler you're ever going to meet. And I'm also the host and proprietor and owner of sorts of WrestlePlug. And every single week, every Friday, that's when it drops. We kind of record it Thursday night. But every Friday, we drop a state of wrestling address where we discuss the wrestling news. I'm flying solo this week. And I've got some really hot takes on everything that's gone on in the wrestling world. Anyone can tell you what the news is, but not everybody can tell you with truth and honesty what they're genuinely thinking. It seems to me that more and more podcasts don't want to tell you how it really is. They just want to suck your dick. They just want to tell you stuff that you already want to hear, and we're not really about that. And that garners a lot of controversy, and I don't really give a fucking shit if I'm being honest. So, you know, in the true nature and the true spirit of WrestleBlog, let's crack into it. Tony Khan, he's been doing a lot of talking for someone his size. <laughs> he's got a small man complex. By the way, every time he really gets emotional, he starts sounding like this high-pitched little child. It's so embarrassing. It's uh, He's talking about money again. So he was quoted as talking about how, you know, uh, with the SmackDown coming this week, I think it'll be tonight if you probably listen to this on a Friday, the super-sized SmackDown is coming. It's going head-to-head with... AEW Rampage, sort of. It's not really. What's happening is the first half an hour of Rampage will be on at the same time as Super Size Smackdown. But of course, all the idiots, all the little fucking, you know, super lefty tarts and all the super right-wing morons, because <laughs> you're all fucking idiots for subscribing to that label, they want to believe. They want to feel like it's the Monday Night Wars all over again. Never mind the fact that the ratings are dropping like flies on a Christmas dinner. Like, they it's actually quite embarrassing. Wrestling as a whole is not very popular right now. Raw ratings are down. SmackDown ratings are down. Rampage, Dynamite. R- Rampage especially. Rampage had a show, I think it was either last week or the week before. They had CM Punk on it. They had the Lucha Brothers on it. They had Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. They had all these stars. They garnered 500,000. Lowest rating I think they've ever had for a Rampage. But, you know, CM Punk moves the needle. Apparently. Um... It's embarrassing, is what it is, that at this point, what we're seeing is a man-child in Tony Khan swinging his dick around because he genuinely thinks he's the biggest thing in wrestling, which is really sad because he couldn't book his way out of a fucking hotel room. Never mind anything else. Um, You know, he was asked, while he was being interviewed by the New York Post, you know, he was asked about this whole head-to-head collision. Uh, he said, we can build a big audience for this weekend. We've never had anything like this before with three hours of live wrestling on TNT on a weekend other than a pay-per-view. There are a ton of things happening at this time of year. There's a lot of sports, a lot of flim flame. Uh, he went on to say, we got a great opportunity to draw people on the weekend in a new position for us. Rampage has launched very recently and we've had this great run of Wednesdays where we've had six straight weeks as the number one show on all of cable television on Wednesday. And now Dynamite has been moved to a relatively unfamiliar Saturday night time slot. Three hours of weekend wrestling is very different. I put together the buy-in as a response, but that took some time. I wasn't able to do that right away, so I wanted to let people know the gloves are off. The gloves are off, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, when someone like Tony Khan says the gloves are off, God, you just, you're filled with fear, aren't you? Oh, I'm trembling, Tony, I'm trembling. 
The line that really stood out to me, though, which really sums up his arrogance and his stupidity, is when he said about SmackDown, which will be airing commercial-free for the final half now, he said, I can do that too. I have more money. You don't really, do you, Tony? It's daddy's money. <laughs> Let's be real. And also, the hypocrisy of AEW fans. The hypocrisy of fans in general. So, what's the biggest thing that he always bang on about of AEW? Oh, it's, um, with WWE, excuse me. Oh, it's, it's run by Vince McMahon. He's a billionaire megalomaniac. He's disgusting. He's a terrible human being. You know, he's he doesn't care. All he cares about is money. Tony Khan comes along, presents himself as a nice guy, which admittedly, very good PR move there, little Tony. But is he not uh, a billionaire too? According to him, I have more money. Oh, do you remember the hoo-ha when Seth Rollins had the nerve to say he earned more than Will Ospreay? Oh my God, how disrespectful, how, you know, cheap he. It's funny, isn't it, how if Tony Khan does it, he can do no wrong. This embarrassing, pathetic, narcissistic mentality that AEW fans have that our company cannot do anything wrong. Our company doesn't do anything wrong. Even CM Punk you know, who is notorious for being a bit fucking, let's be honest, difficult to work with. Even he's coming out and speaking about how, I don't think AEW needs more titles. You know, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I just, I think it's embarrassing. I think Tony Khan is an embarrassing person. You know, I look at him and I just think, wow, you look pathetic. You're the kind of guy who would get, you know, do you know what Tony Khan is? He's the guy who continuously got bullied at school for being a little bitch. And he's still getting bullied now because, you know, ultimately he's a pathetic little worm. And so what's going down is Tony Khan feels the need to flex. Now, money's great, Tony. And you're clearly in a position of power in terms of running AEW. But that doesn't make you a better person. Sorry to break this to you. And by the way, people who think that Tony Khan is their saviour, they think, you know, they call him Uncle Tony or Daddy Tony, things like that. Wow, that's embarrassing. Imagine literally living vicariously through a billionaire that literally doesn't care that you exist he doesn't give a shit at all and it's really funny because eventually what will happen is somebody's gonna say where's all this money going why are you paying millions upon millions for scrubs and xwwe talents and why are you not giving money to the people who actually do deserve it the really great talents in your company the ones who are legitimately stars or could be stars and it'll fall in on itself. It will. It just and even if it doesn't, it's not going to be a long-term viable alternative all the time that it creates see it creates discord, right? And everyone wants to say, oh well it worked for WCW and WWE. Yeah, at a time with no social media, at a time where people had longer attention spans, people weren't nearly as fucking stupid back then as they are now. People have zero attention span. They don't care about anything. If it doesn't happen within two minutes, they lose interest. And we've seen this with Rampage. CM Punk's going back. Oh my God, they got, I think it was what, five, six hundred thousand, something like that extra to watch that episode. And it's just gone all the way down since. And that's not because CM Punk isn't a draw. That's because, first of all, the majority of people who love CM Punk, they're not coming back. They're not. They saw the best of CM Punk. Why would they want to come back now and see him wrestle Will Hobbs? Why do I want to see CM Punk wrestling, I don't know, even someone like Ricky Starks, who I love? That might appeal to someone like me personally, but that's not going to appeal to a large demographic. And every single time you bring an argument, oh, 
you need to get more casual fans. AEW fans are like you. No, you don't. No, you don't. You need to. You need to really give a great product to the people who watch. Yeah, you need to give a great product to everyone who watches, dickhead. Otherwise, you're not going to get new fans. Oh, our demo is great. We beat Raw in the demo. Okay, uh, Raw was up against baseball. Oh, it doesn't count. Raw doesn't get that excuse. Dynamite falls in ratings because it was up against the baseball. Oh yeah, it's because it was up against the. You know the mental gymnastics. It's comical. It's embarrassing. <sighs> Frankly, it's a bit boring. To be honest, at this point, um, you know, WWE is by no means uh, doing well, in my opinion. Uh, I think SmackDown is a great show overall. I still think it's by far and away the best show you can see. But all in all, I, I just find it really pathetic. You know, and it, Tony Khan just, I've noticed this in the last couple of weeks, especially. He started coming out and mouthing off, and getting really confident. He actually quoting your competitors and tweeting about them it makes you look sad mate nobody's impressed no one with a brain anyway i'm not impressed that tony khan is flexing on twitter let's be honest that's the only place he can flex guy looks like he's never had a bit of protein in his fucking life it's embarrassing honestly he looks like someone's accountant he looks like the next Mark Zuckerberg, some skinny, pathetic dweeb who, if given an opportunity, would probably spend most of his time censoring everybody else's opinions because he's the kind of guy who can't handle critiques. He can't handle proper criticism. And that's why he books the show that he does, a show that is either excellent or horrible. In fact, it can be both at the same time. He just will not be quiet. And I've got to be honest, Tony, I'm bored of talking about you, mate. Chelsea Green, um, she's had a lot to say about Tessa Blanchard. Obviously, Tessa Blanchard uh, is kind of back in everyone's focus a little bit. Uh, the women of wrestling thing that's coming back, you know, she's going to be a part of that. And ironically enough, as soon as she comes back, or as soon as she even so much as sniffs near the North American circuit, funny how these people all of a sudden pipe up again. If you're genuinely that enraged by someone like her, surely you keep that same energy. If I, for instance... If I hate somebody, if somebody has wronged me, or if I think somebody truly doesn't deserve a place in my business, I don't, you know, when they piss off, I don't decide, oh, okay, I'm going to sit here now and then just, you know, not say anything about a scenario, pretend it doesn't exist, and then chirp up again if that person somehow walks past my window or something like that. No, I don't level my disdain based on whether I can see somebody or not. You either are hated in my mind or you're not. I either have a grudge with you or I don't. Now, it's her own podcast. She's entitled to say what she likes. It's called Green of Envy. Um, she was talking about uh, AEW's All In pay-per-view from 2018. This was kind of their first foray. It was before they really were AEW, to be honest. It was a precursor to AEW, for being truthfully honest about everything. Um, it's very frustrating. So, she was part of the only women's match on the card. Uh, she was wrestling Tessa Blanchard, Bannister, Rand, and Britt Baker in a fatal four-way match. If anyone remembers, it was a great match. Now, according to Green, Blanchard, uh, Tessa Blanchard, brought the Impact Knockouts Championship, which she held at the time, to the event. Green had plenty to say about this. She believes it was to make Blanchard out to be a bigger deal than the other three women, as well as guarantee her the victory, which, by the way, she did win anyway. Um, these are the quotes. We all went up the night before to talk about the matches, or the girls did, to talk about our match. I'm not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to pull the curtain back all the way, but I will say I will never forget. So we didn't know who was winning the match until the day of All In, until the afternoon, actually, of All In itself. We didn't even know when we were heading to All In who was going to win, and Tessa, who was in our match, brought her fucking Impact title to the show and tried to come out with it. 
Now, in my mind, it was a way to look better than all of us, bringing out a title, being the only person to come to a ring with a title. The fans are obviously going to immediately put you above the rest. But also, I feel like she did that because she knew if she came out with a title, she couldn't lose that title on the show. She couldn't lose that title on a show that wasn't Impact Wrestling. At that time, there was no way that could have happened. Nowadays, the door is open. Anyone can wrestle anywhere, and anyone can lose or win in any company at any given time. It's wild. Yeah, the door's certainly just open, hasn't it, sweetheart? Uh, but way back when, like a couple of years ago, that wouldn't happen. Bullshit. Okay, I've got to stop right here. I, I, I'm getting bored of hearing this. Okay, you don't like Tessa Blanchard. And you might have a good reason not to like her. Maybe you know something we don't. You're obviously not sharing it. But to actually have the audacity to suggest that, oh, Tessa Blanchard was trying to perform some sort of power play by wearing a title. but Which, by the way, she has a right to wear because she earned it. Why would she? So... Uh, for instance, you know, Nick Aldis, I know he was defending the NWA title on that show. Is he, you know, what, was he not allowed to wear it either? Did you kick off about that? Was, oh, you know, Nick Aldis looks bigger than Cody because he's the one with the NWA title. Of course you fucking didn't. Such a stupid law. It doesn't mean anything. It's a title belt, which she earned. She was Impact Champion or Impact Women's Champion, I think, at the time. Um, Why shouldn't she be allowed to wear her title belt to the ring? Because you're insecure... And you feel like it makes you smaller. Oh, uh, she's overshadowing me. Well, she won the match anyway because, newsflash, anyone who's got eyeballs can tell that, and don't get me wrong, I think all of those women are very talented, but Tessa Blanchard was clearly better than the other three women. Clearly. I would argue Madison Rain had much more to kick off about than her. Why is it Chelsea Green is opening any upper? Why are we not hearing much from the other two women? It's... Very, very, very strange um, that all of a sudden, whenever Tessa Blanchard seems to succeed, all these women come out of the woodwork and start shitting on her. And I'm not saying that they may not necessarily have some sort of some sort of grounds to kick off about the whole thing, but it just comes across as a bit shady, really. And when all I've heard is that Tessa Blanchard is apparently a bully uh, backstage from certain individuals. You know, who obviously hate her anyway, like Chelsea Green. Well, what the fuck is this shit then? Going on social media, going on your podcast and ranting about how shitty she is. And, oh, she she was clearly, it's clearly a power play. Oh, yeah, the Impact Women's title. That's, at that time, that really held a lot of gravitas, didn't it? And also, at no point have she has she said here that, you know, Tessa Blanchard wanted to actually defend that title on the show so that she would look better. She's just saying she brought the belt with her. Um, if I get a belt put on me as a wrestler, regardless of what company it is, um, you know, let's put an example. I wrestle for CWP. Now, CWP put their No Limits title on me, right? Am I, apparently, according to this, you know, <laughs> grown adult, allegedly, am I disrespectful and trying to prove a power play by taking that belt elsewhere? No. I believe that if somebody has the foresight to put a belt on you and believes in you enough that you have a right and you have almost an obligation to make sure that that belt gets good publicity. Here is a company in Impact Wrestling that have said, Tessa Blanchard, we think you are by far and away the best representative of women's wrestling right now. We'd like you to be our champion. We are going to put the belt on you. Congratulations, you've earned that title. So imagine if you turned up at another show and somebody was like, what, what you got that for? I'm the Impact Women's Champion. It's like, yeah, well, this is an Impact. Okay, but I'm still the Impact Women's Champion. 
it's a it, what it is is tantamount to saying you're not allowed to be proud of your accomplishments unless you brag about them within where you achieve them. So if I want employee in a month at my local business firm, I'm not allowed to come home and tell anyone about that because that would mean I'm being a hot dog. That would mean I'm being too arrogant. This whole bullshit thing, you know, oh, Tessa Blanchard's not allowed to be successful. She's not allowed to brag. I, I bet if Chelsea Green won the knockouts toll and Tony Khan rang her up and said, hey, do you want to come out and wrestle in AEW? Oh, she'd wet her pants over it. And she could use the qualifier and say, yeah, well, the forbidden door's open now. But I'm sorry, people have been turning up with the Impact Wrestling title, with the Impact X Division title, New Japan belts. They've been doing that for ages now, turning up on different shows. Just because it's on mainstream TV of AEW doesn't mean it didn't happen beforehand. This is another reason why AEW fans are fucking unbelievably stupid at times. They act as if... They kind of remind me of the big-time Charlies, of you know a supporter of a Man City or something. It's almost like... Wrestling was only invented when Tony Khan came along, and until that point, it was like, yeah, no, wrestling, wrestling didn't exist before that. Yeah, no, it was like the evil empire, Vince McMahon's evil. <laughs> okay, whatever. You believe your little narrative, but as far as I'm concerned, it just comes across as unbelievably petty. Speaking of AEW, uh, Scorpio Sky has signed a five-year extension with the company. Uh, during a recent interview with a PW Insider, uh, he discussed the growth of All Elite Wrestling um, under the helm of Tony Khan, like it's been under anyone else's helm. Uh, he commended his boss for having a vision and sticking to it and leading some unforgettable moments on TV. Basically, he spent a long time sucking his dick and then mentioned the fact that, yeah, I've re-signed with the company. I signed the deal right around the time of the pay-per-view. I'm happy to be with AEW for at least five more years. Um, good for Scorpio Sky in terms of, you know, I hope he's getting paid well. I think that's a terrible business move. I think that's bad for his career. Uh, AEW has proven, especially as of late, and with this horrible top team angle, what the fuck they're doing there. They've shown that they don't care about Scorpio Sky, and they've also shown that clearly uh, African-American wrestlers are not high on their agenda. It's really funny, isn't it, how when WWE doesn't push African-American wrestlers, they are considered scum. But when AEW doesn't, it's like, yeah, but AEW's still early doors. You know, excuses. You've always got an excuse, haven't you, AEW fans? You've always got an excuse as to why your show isn't doing something that WWE is or should be doing, but you're not doing it yourself. It's mental gymnastics. Scorpio Sky is an incredible talent. Um, not the best mic worker, in my opinion. Lovely guy, clearly. I have a lot of time for Scorpio Sky. I love watching him wrestle. I never get to see him. Not on the main show. He's very rarely on there. And if he is, he stood behind Dan Lambert holding his butt plug. He doesn't do anything. And if I, I think it's very short. So five years. What are you going to do for the next five years? Wrestle on AEW Dark? Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. I don't care. Okay, good for you, man. I, if you've got job security in it, congratulations. Got no issue with him resigning. But I just think, from a fan's perspective, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, great. What are you going to fucking do? This company is clearly proving they don't give a shit. Uh, they don't put you in strong positions, even though they should do, because you're genuinely that talented. <sighs> Next, please. Don't care. Um, Bray Wyatt reportedly had issues in the lead-up to his WWE release. This is what everyone's talking about today. This is what everyone will be speaking about ad nauseum. Uh, it was noted by Andrew Andrew Zarian, excuse me, of the Matt Men podcast. Not Mad Men, see what they've done there? <laughs> uh, how Wyatt was being a little difficult in the lead-up to his release. Now, they say that as a matter of fact... 
Like, they know, for a matter of fact, like, they were all there, apparently. Uh, he had performance issues in the ring, and as well as his issues with his weight, um, it was also said that Wyatt just wasn't happy. There were These were not the reasons for Wyatt's release, apparently, according to Zarian, but a number of issues led to the decision to cut the former WWE Universal Champion. It had been reported that Wyatt and others in the company were told that he was released due to budget cuts, but at the time, many people in the company reportedly did not believe that was it, as Wyatt was a strong merchandise mover and a known moneymaker. This new report notes that while finances weren't the only reason for Wyatt's release, it was one of many that had led to the departure. It was also reiterated that these release decisions are not cut and dry. The mental roundabout here, trying to sort of say, yeah, they're saying that he's shit and difficult, but it may not have necessarily been those things. It's like, well, either it was or it wasn't. Stick to your fucking report, have some gumption with it, or don't. This is why dirt sheets are bullshit. The report on Wyatt's weight issues is interesting as a photo surfaced of Wyatt with a fan recently. People can see that if they ever look for it. He looks in great condition, to be fair. Um, he's rumoured to be in talks with AEW and Impact Wrestling, but there's no solid word on where he's headed next. <sighs> this is classic dirt sheet and classic internet tribalism bullshit. Because AEW fans can read this. And they can say, see, see, WWE is scum. They're telling him he's fat. They're telling him he's difficult. You've got no factual basis. This is all alleged. This is all just rumours. I could do this right now. I could come out on this podcast and say, oh, do you know what? I know somebody who works in WWE NXT. And they have said to me that allegedly, um, I don't know, let's pick a random wrestler, shall we? Joe Gacy, his gimmick about snowflakes, right? He came up with that because he's super right-wing and he loves Donald Trump. I could just say that. I could just throw that out there and claim that I have a source or claim that I've heard this somewhere. And people will take it as gospel because social media is full of cretinous, pathetic, disgusting, tribalistic, toxic wankers who can't live in the real world. They can't function in the real world. they got to live through, oh, did I get enough likes on my Twitter? Oh, did enough people listen to my podcast? New Flash, I don't care if people listen to this podcast or not. I do it for entertainment. The people who do listen to it, I love you dearly. Thank you very much for that. But I'm not going to lose any sleep if I don't get as many. No, I don't have a number. I don't want to think, oh, man, State of Wrestling Address, it better, it better have a thousand listens this week, which it has done. But it, great, okay. But most of our fans, they listen and they actually interact with me directly. Send a message, great podcast. They don't need to spend their time and lives on social media. It's pathetic looking for this clout. And, you know, okay, you want me to address it. I don't know. D did Bray Wyatt, was he difficult on the way out? He might have known he was going and thought, well, fuck it, I'm just going to be difficult and hard to work with. In which case, that would have made their decision easier. Does he have a right to that? No. I've said on countless times, I think that's a big mistake, letting him go. He's an incredible mind. But it's so funny. AEW fans legitimately want Bray Wyatt Wright, who could have been the next Undertaker. They want him to lead the Dark Order. That's what you think is the pinnacle for Bray Wyatt. This is why wrestling fans in general, but especially AEW fans in terms of this subject, they... That's why you don't work in the wrestling business. That's why you don't book stuff. Because if you did, everything would be shit. Who really wants Bray Wyatt to be the leader of the Dark Order? And then to use Brody Lee as an example. Yeah, well, Brody Lee, in, you know, when he was Luke Harper, he was with the Wyatt family. So it just feels right. Oh, so apparently because one of Bray Wyatt's close friends passed away as the leader of the Dark Order, that means he has to automatically take that over. They were pissed off that he didn't turn up at this Brody Lee tribute, um, you know, episode of Dynamite. 
when in actual fact it's better that he didn't because it's more fucking respectful and then we can actually say this was a night for Brody not for Bray Wyatt to debut so we can overshadow the whole thing and I bet if you'd asked Bray Wyatt he would have said no I don't want to turn up on that absolutely not ludicrous ludicrous that you know even if it is true the fact that you hate WWE so much you think it's okay to put Bray Wyatt a star of that nature in as the leader of Dark Order fuck off he should be coming in and wrecking shop hurting your roster maybe having an intense dark rivalry with an Alistair Black but he should be coming in as a high end megastar not fucking around with goofball who does cocaine on being the elite because oh I'm so hip and I'm so cool because I'm on a YouTube show fuck off embarrassing you're embarrassing yourselves. What horrible use of a talent. <laughs> the Dark Order, who regularly don't fucking draw, and by the way, barely make it on TV, and when they do, it's normally on garbage fucking internet segments, and the YouTube channel, that, yeah, it's great, loads of people watch that, but fuck me. I mean, a billion people or more watched a Korean guy do a funny dance, so I'm not really impressed if AW Dark's getting 700,000 on YouTube. I could care fucking less about your YouTube shows. I'm not going to watch it. I ain't got time to watch that. Even if it's got wrestlers I like on it, I'm still not going to bother watching it because I have a life, I have a job, I have things to do. Sorry. Like, <laughs> come on, do better. If you want Bray Wyatt in your company, of course you do, because he's great. That's, that's not a problem, but fuck me. If your idea of his pinnacle of booking is to work for the Dark Order... My God, it's so funny what they think is actually good and what is actually good. This is the thing. AW fans think everything's amazing, but actually 90% of what they like is garbage. And this is why wrestling has the lowest number of fans it has ever had in its history. Because people don't want to watch crap like that. They want to watch real sports. They want to, MMA, you know, draws so many more numbers because people want to see real fighting. They want to see real men. They want to see real athletes. It's a shame because you've got, you know, uh, companies like MLW who do such incredible world-class wrestling. MLW is the company that AEW wishes it could be. It's just a shame that it doesn't have the money. It all comes down to money. AW is only a success because of the sheer level of money Tony Khan is stupid enough to throw at it. That won't last forever. <sighs> Sticking with AW, they're on the news a lot. A full gear card was accidentally leaked. Alleged accidentally. Sure it was. Um, I remember a famous line by a famous lady who's sadly no longer with us. And she said, nothing is ever truly a coincidence. Um, the following matches were apparently listed on the piece of paper that was seen from Tony Khan's notebook, you know, his notepad. It, surely Tony Khan isn't that fucking stupid to let people see his notepad. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's done it on purpose. Wouldn't surprise me. So, here's the card. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black or Andrade or Miro. Um, okay. Doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. I mean, the Malachi Black fan, I guess, makes the most sense, but... I don't care. The Cody Rhodes experiment as a face isn't working, which is a shame. Match will be fantastic. Malachi Black is so over. I mean, you need to push him as the next major contender. Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Great. Don't care. Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Cole, who was main eventing takeovers and in the Undisputed Era, he'll be wrestling Christian. You know, that young upstar. I love Christian. I think Adam Cole's incredible. I love both these guys. I think he has a one-on-one -on -one match. That's great. But this is the kind of match that should be main event in a Dynamite. Should be on pay-per-view. Adam Cole should be much higher up the card. Thunder Rosa versus Jay Cargill. Okay. 
Uh, not for the women's title. That's on Britt Baker. I reckon that'll be fucking fantastic. Jay Cargill needs a massive push. She looks incredible. She could be a megastar. And Thunder Rosa is fucking excellent too. Um, although she hasn't been booked that way. She's lost a lot of major matches. Although she did win that incredible match against Britt Baker. Feels like she hasn't really done a great deal since. CM Punk versus Wardlow. <laughs> Again, yeah, I'm sure this is great that you know CM Punk wants to... Uh, work with all these different guys. I think that's awesome. But have it on Dynamite. CM Punk on pay-per-view should be a big deal. Not wrestling, big jack Why do I care? Wardlow has lost literally every major match he's ever been in. Wardlow is a fucking gigantic jobber, so I don't care. Um, so I'm not going to tune in for that. MJF versus Darby Allen. <sighs> Two certifiable megastars, but again, Darby Allen lost to CM Punk in admittedly a very good match. Hasn't really done a great deal since... Um, keeps hanging around with Sting, which is boring for me. MJF, megastar, who had to job to Chris Jericho because his ego can't get out of the way. Speaking of that, Inner Circle versus American Top Team. Why? Ah, oh, gotta have that clusterfuck tag match in there. That'll be awful. Yeah, let's have the Inner Circle. Like, oh my god, again, proud and powerful. Have they shit on Tony Khan's fucking mouth or something while I haven't been watching? Have they got, you know, have they done something horrible to Tony Khan's family? They can't get a fucking push to save their lives anymore. Also, Sammy Guevara, is he not the TNT champion? Now, admittedly, this is all conjecture. So I'm treating this as if this was legitimately the card, just because you guys want my opinions, I'm sure. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. I just think that match sucks. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Again! Oh, great. Daniel Bryan versus, you know, Dean Ambrose, essentially. We've seen that so many times. And people say, yeah, but he hasn't seen him wrestle John Moxley. It's not that different. Not enough to warrant me paying money to see it. Of course, the AW sexuals are going to want to watch it. Oh, they are. The super marks, the hardcore marks. They, they don't give a shit. They'll watch anything. They'll watch Brian Danielson versus the toilet seat. They don't care. Um, I just think, you know, this is a bad use of massive talent. You've got Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, who's wrestled 100 times. Nobody cares about that. Nobody who's seen him before, anyway. CM Punk versus Wardlow. What an absolute waste of a megastar in CM Punk. MJF versus Darby Allen Again, MJF falling right down a card. Adam Cole, one of the biggest, freshest, most exciting talents you could possibly have. One of the best mic workers in the world. And he's wrestling Christian. Okay, great. That'll be a decent enough wrestling match. But nothing more. Jurassic Express. Oh, my God. Jungle Boy as well. He literally cannot win a match that's worth anything. He has lost everything. They clearly don't have any interest in pushing him. And to top this off, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World title. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Kenny Omega, the most overrated wrestler in the world. Hangman Page, decent star. But now that, you know, Hangman Page should have won the belt a year ago. Kenny Omega should have never had the belt this long. It's boring. Also, I you know I don't believe that Kenny Omega is as big a draw. I don't believe he's, it's exciting to see him lose because I've seen him lose to Christian Cage for the Impact title. So, whoop de doo Basil. I don't care. Sorry, but that, for me, it's a decent card. You know, if someone gave me a free ticket to watch that, I'd be very happy. But I'm sorry, this is not a mega, 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 mega pay per view. You know, level. I think this is a pretty poor card. I wouldn't pay money to see it. I would not. And that might upset a few people. Good for you if you are. Good for you if you enjoy it. I'm not going to, though. I think it's a little bit overrated, to be honest. Uh, Mance Warner, apparently, he's becoming a free agent in just a few months. Uh, Mance Warner, very well-known at MLW, of course. I'm not I'm not clued up on Mance Warner enough. I've seen a few of his matches. Good worker. I don't think it really matters where he goes. Apparently, AEW and WWE have both expressed interest in him, um, and he's been backstage for multiple AEW events. Of course he has. Because see, the one thing AEW is good at business-wise is 
where they have the open door policy where you can go and work wherever you want um that works really well in their favor in terms of bringing talent into have a look whereas wwe is very much a kind of enclosed circle so but i i don't think mans warner is you know if he turned up on AEW dark next week or he turned up on dynamite i wouldn't care that much nothing against mans warner he's just he's not a megastar if he was he'd already be with one of these companies GCW has announced that they will have a new sister promotion, LA Fights. Um, it announced their new sister promotion on the West Coast. Uh, it announced today that LA Fights will debut on Sunday, November the 28th at Don Quixote in Los Angeles, California. Tickets can be purchased. Um, I don't know if Delicious Dwayne Douglas is going. You'll have to let me know. This is something I really love the idea of. Love the idea of a more... Um, a more kind of, I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to be a bit different and not just a load of hardcore shenanigans. I like some of that stuff, but and I like GCW. Um, but yeah, like you know, they've announced it. I don't know if they they've said it that it's intended to serve as a companion to GCW on the West Coast, because similar to GCW's Jersey Championship Wrestling brand on the East Coast. So they're branching out, which I think is really cool. I'd be much more excited about getting behind someone like this than I would AEW with all the big money and stuff like that. I feel like this is a cooler thing, you know, that someone like GCW that's been built from the ground up that really is. GCW really is the ECW to AEW's WCW and WWE's WWF <laughs> in so many ways. Um, so I'd be excited to see what it does, but, you know, I'll, you know, whatever. Hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it'll have more of a focus on women's wrestling as well. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, apparently Cameron Grimes is reportedly set for a makeover on the WWE NXT 2.0 brand. Hooray! So, this week, uh, I watched uh, NXT. There was a segment with, I think his name's Grayson Waller, where he's backstage, and Grayson Waller was implying that he should go on social media, and he should be on a dating app, because that's what's cool. <laughs> Vince McMahon's always about 15 years behind, isn't he, on trends. He's like, what, Tinder? That's such good shit! <laughs> it's like, mate, that's been out for years now. Um, plenty of fair shatterers. <laughs> I've been fishing out of Linda's fanny. Okay. <laughs> um, I, this is bad news. Cameron Grimes is a huge draw because of the way he looks. Um, you know, so they're gonna... I know Grayson Waller hinted at him shaving his chest, cleaning up his look, fixing his appearance. You can see what they're gonna do here. I'm gonna get him to cut his hair, shave his beard down. It'll be like the Daniel Bryan thing. Where they'll either let him go, you know, it'll be the reverse of that. Where he went completely unkempt and they just called him a goat. Uh, Cameron Grimes will be the anti-goat in that way. <laughs> you can just see it. It's a bad mistake. It's a bad move. It's classic WWE. It's got to fuck around with everything. Um, it was noted that uh, Grimes was not moved up to Raw Smackdown after being rumoured for a call-up. Because WWE Chairman Vince McMahon wanted to make changes to the presentation of his character. Great. Can't wait. Um, bad news, bad, bad news. He's one of the most over-talents you have. Whenever his music plays, whenever he comes out, whenever he speaks, people love him. His catchphrase to the moon is so over. And you just watch them completely kill any organic fun with it and make it their own and just ruin it. And nobody will care. Nobody will care at all. It's... <sighs> I hate to say it, but this is classic Vince McMahon, it's classic WWE. They, they see something that could be successful. And they think that if they do their own makeover on it, that it'll get better. Actually, no, what it does is it takes away that enjoyment. It takes away that fresh organic nature. They really have doubled down on the idea of, we're just going to tell you fans what we do like. And sometimes some of it does work. Like, I think Roman Reigns is fucking amazing now. I think they've done an incredible job turning him heel. He is 
just money, just walking money. The Usos are fucking magical. You know, some guys are getting over really well. Uh, Finn Balor has looked fucking amazing the last year. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things. They're so desperate to make a gimmick out of everything. How long until Cesaro comes out tossing pizza around or something? They'll probably change him to an Italian or something and make him the leader of a pizzeria and newsflash Luigi Primo does that much better than you, Sunshine. <laughs> it's disappointing, is what it is. And it just kind of makes me think, okay, great. They... <sighs> why do I care? Why, why are you taking away my happiness? That's what you're doing. Uh, WWE officials are reportedly looking at getting more younger talents ready for the main roster. A new report from Wrestling Observer Radio. Oh, great. Meltzer's at it. Noted that WWE officials are very much aware of the idea that they have a lot of 40-year-old superstars on the main roster. This is said to be the reason for the recent NXT 2.0 brand changes, as the company absolutely realizes they have to get wrestlers in their 20s ready for the main roster. While there might be a feeling among some fans that WWE is in denial over the shape of the main roster, especially when it comes to the age of current talents and the lack of younger stars for the future, that is reportedly not the case as officials are more than aware of the problem and are making changes to fix it. So there are currently 22 main roster superstars who are 40 or older. Here's an opportunity for you guys. Pause it right now and see how many you can think up. Okay, pause the podcast. There are 22 main roster superstars who are 40 or older that are currently on Raw or SmackDown. Okay, right, you've had your time. Um, so if you have paused it, congratulations. Uh, hopefully you've written down a list. Here we go. Asuka, 40 years old. Cesaro, 40 years old. Finn Balor is 40. Kofi Kingston is 40. The Raw Tag Team Champion Randy Orton is 41. Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura is 41. Shayna Baszler, 41. The Miz, 41. Dolph Ziggler, 41. John Morrison, 42. Sheamus, 43. Tamina, 43. AJ Styles, 44. Jeff Hardy's the same age, as is Titus O'Neil. Bobby Lashley's 45, as is Robert Roode. Rey Mysterio's 46, as is Shelton Benjamin. MVP is 47. Edge is 47 as well. R-Truth is 49. And then, of course, you've got part-timers. Brock Lesnar's 44. John Cena, 44. Bill Goldberg's 54. Um, and there's a lot of guys, you know, who are quite close. Damien Priest is 39. Who would have thought it? He's aging fucking well, isn't he? Natalia's 39 as well. I don't think it's a big deal, personally. Um, I think that most real, truly great wrestlers can really hit their stride and hit their prime uh, in their sort of mid to late 30s, early 40s. A lot of them do. Ric Flair was at the height of his game at that age. Um... They do need some younger talent in there. The problem is that they're not allowing their younger talents to flourish and be creatively strong. For instance, you know, Cora Jade could be massive, could be huge potential. She's cute, she's adorable, she's ridiculously young. She's only like 19, 20 years old. But they're already like making her this, you know, kind of weird, young, you know, sexually oppressive teen. They don't know, you know, oh, you know, I'm getting off with Trey Baxter on screen. I'm so edgy. Oh, look at me. I'm a little skateboarder. Like, I, I don't understand why they feel the need to, you know, they've got to hammer them. It's almost like they're saying, right, we're going to beat the wrestler out of you as soon as you walk in the door and make sure that you have this gimmick. Make sure that you have this. What it needs is some talent to push back. Bron Breaker is doing great stuff right now, but it just feels like because they're so cheesy, because they're so tacky, I don't believe most of these people that they're building on NXT 2.0, like Von Wagner. 
Can anyone see Von Wagner right main event at WrestleMania? Absolutely fucking not. Von Wagner versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, oh, Vince can see it because he's a fucking moron. Um, bad news. The thing is, the majority of people I've listed there are all having a fucking amazing resurgence. Now, AJ Styles has been at the pinnacle for the last few years. You know, Kofi Kingston, Finn Balor, John Morrison, Bobby Lashley, Edge. You know, they're all doing amazing things. Yeah. You know. We're all going to get old eventually. Vince McMahon is super old. Maybe if we're lucky, he might pass on soon. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, finally, something I thought I might touch on very quickly. Apart from the fact WWE is apparently not doing a December pay-per-view. That's not news. Nobody fucking cares about that. Uh, I thought it was very interesting that even CM Punk said that... Um, he was talking about, is there too many titles? Uh, obviously, you know, he's got plenty to say. He was on a, my mum's basement with Robbie Fox. So I think he's part of Barstool Sports, if I remember rightly. I remember Robbie Fox being on a different wrestling podcast. Seems like a fun enough guy. Um... I'm very much a guy that believes the less you have called, the more organic and better the match will be, Punk said. I said to I said this to somebody backstage the other day, hey, you can't fuck up if you have nothing planned. You just can't. You just go out there and you wrestle. It's different when you've never wrestled somebody. Gone are the days of two separate locker rooms and a referee telling you what the finish is and you get the ring and you just do that. Not a lot of people would be able to do that nowadays. Do I think that's unfortunate? Yes. Am I going to be the old-timer who complains about that? Maybe some days, but I also recognise that it's gone. It's gone. This is what we have. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to work on making what we have better. I guarantee you, me and Brian Danielson were booked on a show. We could go out there with nothing called and wrestle, and I'm sure it'd be fantastic. Uh, AEW recently unveiled a TBC TBS Championship, excuse me, for the women's division. Very similar to the TNT title. Uh, it's kind of a mid-card belt for the women. He said, I think if everybody has a title, and if everybody's a champion, then there's nobody. Then nobody's a champion, Punk stated. I think you've got to be really careful with that. And I think TBS titles, even pushing it, there's already a women's title. Do we have the depth in the women's division? Do we have the depth in the men's division to have a secondary title? I think it's been doing pretty good so far. I think Miro brought a lot of credibility to that belt and stabilised it. And obviously, Kenny Omega is the AEW champion. It's kind of a touchy subject. I know in 2021, everybody wants to really extol the virtues of women's wrestling. And this isn't a knock. I married a women's wrestler. I just wonder if we have the personnel to support a secondary or a title that's even that's on even footing with a women's title. Um, I... <sighs> You know, I don't know. And trios, it's the same thing. So, you know, bottom line, even CM Punk doesn't believe, but, you know, he's very political and very diplomatic about it. He doesn't believe that they need more titles. And I don't need trios belts. They These clusterfuck tag matches are horrible. They're bad matches full of botches. They don't need a mid-card women's belt because, well, ultimately, their women are barely over with just one belt. They have no credible women. Like, really. They don't have any big stars. I'm sorry, they don't. And people say, oh, Britt Baker's a big star. She's alright. If you're telling me that... If you genuinely can honestly sit there and tell me that you think any of AEW women's roster is on the level of um, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, you know, all these different people, you're fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but you are. And this isn't a pro WWE thing. And that's not even including all the incredible women's talents you've got on the indies or in NXT or whatever it might be. It's crazy. None of these women in AEW can hold a candle work rate to a lot of these women. Never mind character-wise. 
Britt, Britt Baker's a great promo. She's still pretty, pretty average in the ring at best. <sighs> they brought in Ruby Soho and they immediately shit Gander and had her tap out and lose, so now I don't care about her. Tainara Conti and, you know, Anna Jay have massive potential. They're beautiful, they're powerful, they're legitimate, they've got some sort of shooter in them, especially Tainara. But they just don't use them properly. Great, Tainara Conti's going to wrestle Santana Garrett on the pre show for the buy in or whatever. A whoop dee doo. Yeah, you know, th- that's what makes me laugh when AEW fans want to talk about how perfect their company is. They don't value women's wrestling enough. Not saying that WWE does at times. God knows they have booked some terrible women's wrestling lately. But they don't value women's wrestling. They don't value African American wrestling. They don't have that much diversity on their show at all. Um, that doesn't interest me. Those are things that are important to me. I know for a fact that women are amazing at wrestling in this day and age, so why can't I see more of it? Especially when you've got four fucking shows minimum. It's it's embarrassing, is what it is. Ah, yeah, Big Daddy Tony Khan. Yeah, he's fucking amazing, he is. But he can't book women to save his fucking life. Awful. Awful. It's it's not good, is what it is. And having more and more belts, it like you see on Bunker says, what's the point? If there's seven, eight, nine, ten belts in these companies... But then it just waters everything down. The more you have of something, the less it means. More money you have, less it matters if you lose some. More titles you have, less it matters if somebody's a champion. Doesn't mean anything. You know, back in the day, one title. You know, you can say you can scoff at everything you like, but when in NWA, when it was just there's a men's champion, there's a tag champion, and then there's a women's champion, that's it. And that's really how it should be. And if you need to bring in more belts because apparently you've got too many mid-cards, well, that's your problem for having too many mid-cards. Get rid of some then. Have the bollocks to say, sorry, we've got too many people in this company. Move on. Be interesting to see in a few years' time who starts making the jump from AEW to WWE because eventually that will happen, I guarantee it. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I can't be bothered to talk about wrestling anymore. I've got so much wrestling to deal with. Uh, if you listen to this before Saturday, I will be at Mont Sorrel, a working a gentleman, working gentleman's club uh, in Loughborough, which I do believe is near Leicester. And I will be providing videography for Full Force Wrestling. This will be their sixth year anniversary show. Good card. Looking forward to the matches. I will be covering it for the podcast as well. So look out for that uh, later on next week, most likely. Um, Excited to see um, what they've got in store. And also very excited to be providing my talents for them. Very thrilled about that. And then, of course, 7th of November, I will be at CWP Reborn. You might even get a chance to see me lobbing fools over the top rope in the shot caller rumble if I do so decide to enter I haven't really decided whether I want to enter or not yet because I've got bigger fish to fry at this point but I will be there I will be working I will be earning money and I might even be earning a little bit extra by winning my second CWP Royal Rumble and that'd be fun um I'll also be at ACW in November as well uh, November the 27th I believe that will be based in Dorset. So, looking forward to that. More details to come as far as that goes. And thank you very much to all the companies that have reached out, all the people that I've done work for recently. It's an absolute pleasure. It's an honour to help out the independents. I truly believe that everybody who works on the independents deserves a voice. They deserve a platform. And I have no problem providing my services at an affordable rate. So, if you need graphic design, if you need videos, if you need photography, portraits, whatever it might be, custom-made art, 
I can do it all. Aaron Nick's design across all social media platforms. And if you can't find that, just go for at WrestlePlug. Send them a message and I will get back to you. And I will let you know about all my fantastic rates and what I can do for you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the State of Wrestling Address. I've been Aaron Nix, the harbinger of professional wrestling. And I will catch you very soon for more content from the WrestlePlug. <laughs>